Hey, what's up? It's The Drive with Tay and Piper. Happy Friday. Derek Piper Monty. <laughs> ESPN Radio 93.5. It's perfect napping weather. Oh, my goodness. If you're at home, I'm not recommending that you don't listen to us, but... Well, right. Although, I think it'd be hard to go to sleep with me. Like, you'd drift off, and I'd be like, ow! That's a, you know, and you'd be like, ah, shut him off. You were up late last I was, night. I was, yep. And then my stupid butt couldn't sleep this morning, so I got up early to go to the office. So we're both just like, let's get through this. Mm-hmm. But we're bringing our A game because we got a great game to talk about from last night. And, of course, we're waiting to hear the news on Terrence Shannon. You have your phone handy and ready. I do. Joey Wagner is in Springfield from Illini Inquirer. He may join us. And then, of course, Cardinals Caravan today. I'll say this, all of those kids, and I'm calling them kids, were incredibly nice. And Brad Thompson was wonderful. Benji Molina is one of the best people ever. And Chip Carey was hilarious. I didn't know he was that tall. He's a tall dude. I said, Chip, yeah. how tall was your dad and grandpa? And he's like, uh, Harry was 5'11", Chip was, or Skip, my dad was 6'1". And he looks like he's like 6'6". He's taller than me. He's at least 6'5". Yeah, maybe 6'6". I mean, and Jordan Walker's like 6'6". Jordan Walker's a good-sized dude. But Walker and Victor Scott and Andre Pallante and Packy Naughton, who all Packy and I did was talk hockey. He's a big Bruins fan. He's from Boston. I had to give him the old Packy Naughton with the peaky blinders. But uh, (laughs) but it was. I did tell him. So he's like, I'm from Boston. I should have known that. I was like, perfect, because every time that my co-host, Lon, I pointed you across the room and Whenever he says your name, he goes to Packy Naughton. <laughs> I totally did. And I was like, apologies if I uh, gave you a terrible Boston accent. He's like, oh, I've heard much worse. Oh, I was going to say, I'm sure he's heard every one of them. But, yeah, they all were just wonderful kids to visit with. And, and man, it was packed. Last year was maybe one of the worst crowds. Um, this season or this year, Stevie and I talked. I think it's the best we've ever had. And we've been doing this, what, 14 years? Uh, he, so it, when it, I, I know it's been in Champagne longer than that, but when it when it comes to one that we have uh, helped host or be the host, it's it was incredible. And I, I looked at you and I'm like, that is the Jordan Walker effect, no I doubt. believe. And no doubt, every young child that came up and asked a question on the microphone, they were all almost all of them directed right at Jordan Walker, which was really cute. So, and I got to see Cade. You did. Yep, he wore the uh, the Cardinals shirt. Got a few autographs on that. <laughs> The uh, mullet. He's got the mullet yeah, going. Yeah, man. He's growing it back out. I love it. He, he is he, such he a the, cute kid. He brought the white converses that he had oh, with the yeah. Larry Bird costume, so he broke those back out today. <laughs> he was a little shy. He was but, shy, uh, yeah. He warmed up as the the afternoon went along. and He's a doll. Got to take a picture with a couple of the players, including Jordan Walker. Oh, and, that's And then awesome. also with Fred Bird, too. Oh, oh, well, that's – did he? Did Fred Bird eat his head? He did not, no. Oh, okay, okay, no. okay. Because I he remember, saw maybe the size of Cade's hands that he would uh, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> smack him. I, I know we got to get to the other stuff here. We do We're have breaking kinda... news, by the way. Oh. Everybody on pins and needles. Uh, Joey Wagner from IlliniInquire.com. The funny thing is it's breaking news, but there is no news. No ruling on the TRO, whether it's approved or denied today after Terrence Shannon's hearing in Springfield, according to Joey Wagner. I texted him earlier in the day asking him to have him on so that he can fill us in on the full details. He was there in the courtroom 
today in Springfield. It was originally scheduled to be a video conference that was going to be on Zoom, so everybody could have hopped on there seemingly and, and, and saw the proceedings and whatnot, but then it was in person uh, as an update there. So uh, Joey heard all of it, was there in person. We'll work to get him on okay. as we go along in this, uh, in this show, but interesting that this is going to be pushed on the line a little bit farther in terms of a ruling one way or the other by the judge on this. So uh, no news means that the suspension still holds. Mm. I guess if you're holding out hope that Terrence Shannon, which I, obviously I would understand why sure. you would be, uh, to have the temporary restraining order approved and the suspension dropped, that it, it's better than having it denied today. But um, no ruling on that as far as the first step in this process. Okay, and the natural question from anyone, Derek, would be, do you think that's good news or bad? <laughs> I mean, I would think that it's not bad news. And I don't know that it's going to lead to him being able to play. But in a way, maybe if you were on the side of they're going to go in and there's no way and you know what, that Terrence Shannon is going to be able to play, at least in this situation, you know that this is maybe a tough decision. And I think it is. I mean, this is so unique. So, if nothing else, maybe the judge is saying, I need more time to consider this. So, uh, we'll, we'll see. I don't know what that means. If that means Monday now, or if they would make a ruling on a Saturday or Sunday, I'm not sure how the, that works on the federal level uh, with regards to judges. So, or it could be that the judge at 7 o'clock tonight maybe could goes be. home, sits down, collects their thoughts, and says, all right, here's how I'm ruling this. So, interesting stuff and i know we're all i've been i know we've all been checking our phones for the last maybe at least hour because this thing started or was supposed to start at 1 30 mm -hmm. so for a while now i've just been wondering what to take it out of this but i'll be anxious to talk to joey to see what what else he knows on the fringe especially mm -hmm. yeah his official original tweet was there was no decision on the temporary restraining order for Atlanta guard terrence shannon jr the judge aide there will be a I'm guessing he's saying the judge said there will be a decision in, quote, an expedient manner. Oh. Uh, we'll, but that, we'll try to get more details as far as what he knows, and maybe he doesn't know exactly the timeline as far as that goes. What's interesting is that the university had until late last night to submit their official response to the complaints and, and suit that Terrence and his legal team filed against them. So – uh, I'm guessing the judge there has there's been a quick turnaround in terms of the the hearing today that maybe he needs more time to, to sit down and read through the university's argument and then I'm, I'm assuming that he asked follow up questions today. Uh, I, admittedly, I'm speaking from a a stance where I don't know how these court proceedings usually right. are handled and what the the protocol is in, in circumstances like this. But I have read through Terrence's arguments and, and the evidence there they're trying to use or the arguments that they're trying to present and then familiar with the university's stance as well. And that, and let's, let's get into that a little bit. So a couple of different angles here that Terrence's side is arguing. Number one is this in their mind, what they're trying to, to, to voice and, and maybe have the, and to have the judge consider is, is this a title nine incident? Is this something that should fall under the category of a title nine issue which means within the context, kind of go long story short, is was this a team-organized event? Was this okay. a team event 
that happened within the realm of the basketball program. And their argument is that since the GA, their grad assistant, went with both Terrence and Justin Harmon, that there was a staffer there, that there was communication uh, back and forth between the GA and the staff as far as updates on how things were going. That was based on the GA's sworn affidavit that he provided, that that was essentially what was going on. But I know on, I think on the other side of it is that Illinois is saying, well, this, this is not – it was off campus. We did not tell you to go, advise you to go, uh, and this is not a assistant coach going with you. It's a, essentially a, a grad manager that they're okay. calling a, a graduate assistant. So uh, I think that Illinois – I think that Terrence's side is going to have a really hard time arguing and getting the judge to agree that this was a, a university or a team – events if if it falls into that category there's a, a different protocol that then the dia would have to follow and the university would follow in terms of getting to a ruling there would be an investigation uh there would be both uh input said by terrence and i think you could call witnesses to his side there, there's just more of a elaborate process that would take place before a decision was made on are you suspended are you not and what and that whole deal so uh, i think Obviously, Terrence's side was arguing for that. So then, in the meantime, he would be eligible to play while mm-hmm. they then reviewed that. And it kind of hinges on is he, with the Title Nine, is he a quote unquote threat to people on campus, right. which is different than, hey, this is a sticky situation for the university. He's got a felony rape charge as of now, and we're just not going to play him. The other side of that, not that they wouldn't come to the same conclusion, although I don't, I don't know, I don't know enough of the the facts <laughs> right. or, or right. what would lead them to to make that determination. So beyond that, too, is the is it okay, is the judge saying in agreement with Terrence's side that there's too much to be lost as far as Terrence goes by having the suspension upheld and for it to be indefinite as far as his earning potential, his NIL, his pro prospects and whatnot. I think the university is saying we're not the reason that's in jeopardy. The charge of rape is the reason that's in jeopardy, and we don't have anything to do with that. We are responding to the fact that we have a student who has a felony charge, and in the meantime, it's in our best interest to have you off the court as that gets resolved. So I personally think the university has a a very strong case – I would lean in that direction if I had to make a call right now. Again, I'm not I'm not a judge. I'm right. not a law export, expert or anything. But I think this is – I went into today thinking it was more likely than not that this would be denied or eventually going to be denied. The fact that you don't have that today is encouraging if you're hoping, obviously, that it, that it will be approved. But, again, it's, it's going to come down to what the judge ultimately thinks. And, and as of right now, we don't know that. Well said. I forgot Mike mentioned Monday's a federal holiday, uh, Martin Luther King Day. So that is one thing that uh, we'll see. But I know Jeff Goodman had, had tweeted out as well that it could be next week. Uh, and that was kind of what I had said and thought. You said that perfectly right there. You kind of summed up everything. I, I think one of the biggest arguments for Terrence and his team is the fact that this is timely for me because in the next – two months to three two to three months essentially when is the draft april or am i thinking football oh that would be football june yeah june Mm -hmm. so you got basically january february march april may june so 
it is the first month of the year. I could have done that a lot easier thinking that it's the first month. But so, you know, the next four to five, six months is could determine whether or not Terrence Shannon Jr. is a millionaire. And that's a pretty heavy thing to consider. And so I'm assuming that team with Terrence and his attorneys are arguing that fact that this could cost this young man millions of dollars. And while he's been charged, he hasn't been found guilty. So we feel like he should still be able to perform until a ruling is announced. And and I don't know when the ruling – I saw something t- today that it could be in the fall before they even get a, a ruling done on something like this. So I don't – even if he's – can I bring up one point that I don't think we've discussed? Please do. Let's say that Terrence Shannon is granted this – why can't I ever remember what it Temporary is? Temporary restraining order. Restraining order. Thank you. I guess I've never had to file one of those, so I can't ever think of it. Let's say he's granted that and is able to play with Illinois the rest of the season, regardless of how Illinois does. He finishes out the season, so now that is essentially done, right? That restraining order is done. It, he doesn't need it anymore on Illinois. Now he's out of, out of college, essentially. He's on his own, and he's waiting for June for the NBA draft. If something has still not been announced, whether or not he's guilty, I cannot imagine any NBA team taking a flyer on him in the draft. So what I mean by that is we're going through all of this situation to get him back to play, and obviously that's great for us, the fans. That's wonderful for us, the fans, of Terrence Shannon is back. So we're the ones that win there. But Terrence Shannon still ultimately may not win. Sure, he could finish out his college career. Sure, he's making good NIL money. Whether or not he's making that now, we don't know. I don't believe unless you know something. So in that sense, he would at least get his NIL money, and that's big news, or that's big money for him and his family. But this might ultimately mean that he ends up being able to play the rest of his college career out, but because something is not going to be decided, guilty or innocent, until maybe the fall or even past June, essentially, it could still cost him millions of dollars. Yes. Because I don't I maybe I'm wrong, but I cannot imagine an NBA team taking a flyer on Terrence Shannon. This isn't like you know, he's not expected to go in the top 10, right? Now, he was playing in a top maybe worked his way into the first round, but I don't know. I mean, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe a team in the second round takes a flyer on it, you know, and says yeah, we got the 48th pick. Let's take Terrence, and, and if, it, if he's guilty, then we'll immediately drop him from our mm-hmm. team, et cetera. Yeah. But if he's not, then we've got a pretty good ball player that we got a first-round pick in the second. So what, what, what do you think of that? I mean, it could ultimately a, just do nothing but help Illinois fans and not Shannon. It's a great question. I, I, the obvious is it's the PR, isn't it? Like yes. the, the bad PR of a team taking a guy that's charged with rape, if that still is hanging above his head and the – Assuming if that would be the case, if we're talking about June, then obviously he's going through trial and there's back and forth. There would be more clarity in terms of what exactly his side of the story is. That's still one thing that we have not heard. We know he says he's innocent, but he has not given his account of what exactly happened from his vantage point. So uh, while we'd get further along in the trial, there'd be more that comes to light in terms of, you know, what the cards that each side has to play against each other, that those would all be on the table at that mm-hmm. point. It'd be more about the 
the judge and and the uh, jury get into a decision. But I, I fully agree with you. Like if that is still in play, him possibly being convicted and and being proven guilty potentially, that just that possibility alone, I think would scare off a lot, if not all NBA teams from drafting him. So uh, that is something that I think also kind of plays into this this current situation with the temporary restraining order where part of the argument for Terrence is that, you know, this is hurting my draft stock. This is hurting my pro potential where the university can say, whoa, 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 don't put that all on us. Right, like, right. We could play you mm-hmm. and that could still – you could still not get picked because of there's there's not the the legal resolution in the criminal case. So uh, again, I, I think there's a lot of people that, and like I'm not telling people to how to maybe feel about this because there yeah. are a wide variety of feelings that are attached to this, and we're we're all out here without with incomplete information. But I I do think some of the anger some will have towards the university if this doesn't get granted, and the fact that you know they're opposing Terrence on this, or that they even just said the panel decided to uphold a suspension. I think it's hard to to blame the university for this. Mm-hmm. Like I, it, it would be a really bad look whether he's innocent or not. The problem is we don't know, and in the meantime, the potential of playing a guy that could be charged with or that is charged with rape and, and could be guilty of it would be astronomical. Agreed. So for them to protect their own interests, I don't blame them for that. I I will feel terrible for Terrence mm-hmm. if you go through a season and then at the end of it, somewhere in you know, sometime in between the end of the season in the draft or by the draft, whatever, if he's then not guilty and, and he was Stripped of a full season at Illinois, stripped of potentially going in the first round. That'll be that'll be tragic. It will be if he truly is in, innocent. Although I know, I know by the court terms, not guilty. Whatever, you, right. whatever, whichever way you want to frame it. But there's no doubt that if if this pushes into the summer and he's still in trial, it's going to be really hard for him to get picked at all, if not where he wants to be anyway. Yeah, totally agree. And yeah, you're right. I mean, again. The the reason the university is doing this is because he was charged. That's the biggest thing. He was yeah. charged with the the uh, the count. So that is, I know we've answered that before here in the last couple of weeks regarding regarding the difference between this and the Alabama situation that occurred last year, <clears throat> in the sense that he wasn't charged at Alabama. So yeah, it's it's just a, it's a really it's just this thing is full of so many layers, and I know a lot of people. I know Randy said. They'll hopefully settle this thing out of court and and move on. I, I don't know if that's going to be the case. I mean, if he doesn't, I, I just I, I almost yeah I almost get to the sense that unless these charges are dropped or unless something is settled, which I don't know, I don't I can't see them settling this unless something is as done as far as him coming to a plea deal. Yeah, is what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, because I I don't think that's. If he char- if he comes to a plea deal and says he's guilty yeah. of anything, then he's yeah. he's done. He's done here, it, and I, I think he'd be the misdemeanor sexual battery. So that would be a zero under the zero tolerance policy. He'd be off the team, probably kicked out of the university. Yeah, and I can't see an NBA team touching him on that. Right. If so, with I, I think I really sense the only way that. And, and I'm talking even with what's going on today where they're trying to get this restraining order for him to play basketball 
at Illinois, unless these charges are dropped, I just cannot see Terrence Shannon and this thing having a resolution by June in the NBA draft. So, and again, if he gets the restraining order and he's able to play at Illinois, I mean, I'm sure that's good for Terrence. It gives him a chance to play basketball and continue to do that. But it's the Illinois fans that win on that level. I just don't see how this thing gets resolved by June. But I could be wrong as well. I don't, I don't know the court system at all. I don't know if the attorneys can try to speed process up. I would assume they could. Mm-hmm. I assume they can, uh, they can uh, approach the district attorney about saying, you know, hey, listen, this is our, this, this is our guy's life, uh, his career, I mean. So we need to get this done as fast as possible. I would hope the the district attorney would understand that to understand that there is a little bit of a timeline here for Terrence Shannon. So I don't know, or or I guess she can just just say I, I don't care. We're going to do this, you know, like we always do, and it's going to take forever to get it done. Yeah, Big Def brings up a good point on the U of I line of link text line, making this the distinction between taking a plea deal, which would still be a, a conviction, uh, a something that would be on Terrence's record and, and that he would be, again, pleading guilty to versus settling out of court. That That's typically associated with a civil suit. So as to say, like, if the alleged victim decides to say, all right, I'm not going to testify or I'll, I'll back off on this, it doesn't mean the DA and right. that side of things is, is, is all going to go away. I think like, she'd have to drop the charges. They would have to drop the charges. Now, it would hurt their case. It sure. would hurt their ability to, to to prosecute it and win if the, the victim's not going to testify, yeah. especially because well, no as of r- what we know right now, which, again, like I think some people got to remember, the DA has not shown their, all their cards yet. Right. Like, we don't know what all they have. We know, according to Terrence's side, and we do have, have seen what's been released as far as the video surveillance does not show them together. Mm-hmm. Uh, you have her friend say that she didn't see what happened. You have uh, Justin Harmon and the grad assistant, right, say they didn't see it. The GA has said that he didn't see it. I'm guessing Justin Harmon well, yeah, we probably, Justin, probably yeah. would say that. I, I don't know that for certain quite yet, but we don't know what else there might be, and that that's kind of what's going to have to play out there. But, yeah, I think that – I'm in full agreement with you. I think that if he if this charge sticks with him the next couple of months, it doesn't it, it makes plenty of sense for him not to play at Illinois in the meantime, as much as that will be terrible if he is then not guilty. Yeah. I want to bring up one we got a bunch of texts coming in. We appreciate it. It's hard to get to all of them, but uh, the Muhammad listener said, we don't know what happened, but both of you guys have boys. Can you imagine them being charged with no evidence? At least none that we know of. I still haven't heard you speak of the DA and almost being disbarred. So two things here. Number one, I said that earlier this week in the sense that if there are zero witnesses to this and she just went to the police and said this happened, and that's why I think you're correct on the idea that maybe the DA has more because we're only hearing one side of it. Maybe. And we've said that from yeah, maybe. And if they maybe. don't, then it's fully then that's scary. within right to, yeah, it's scary and, and it's fully within right to criticize and say maybe they didn't use enough discretion in saying this is potentially going to ruin somebody's life. Absolutely. On something that's not, is maybe too flimsy or, or not enough proof to, to really go on. 
Yeah, because yeah, I mean, I had mentioned to you guys after a show one night. I'm like, can can you imagine? I go down to the bar tonight and have a few drinks, and the next day the police show up and say, "Hey, you've been accused of rape." And I'm like, what? You know, I mean, it, it's yeah. it's 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 scary. It's yeah. scary to think that that can happen. Now, the second part of that I, is real quick. If you don't oh, yeah, mind, no. The flip side of that is there's been in the past where for too long people didn't believe right women or anybody it doesn't right. matter whether you're a man woman or, or whatever that something like this happened it, it was automatically like oh really okay like yeah uh, there has to be a middle ground there mm-hmm. of of where you, you take these things seriously and that people are allowed to speak out and say this happened to me even if the other person is in a position of of power or high status or whatnot. Right. I don't know that we'll ever get to a middle ground, though. I really I know. Don't. I know. I mean, that's I, it's in today's world and anything, it's hard right, to find middle ground. Right. Uh, and then he, they also mentioned, I haven't heard you speak of the DA and almost being disbarred. I don't know enough about it. I know that she lost a case like this, right? She brought to trial. Am I correct? Again, I don't know there, enough. I haven't read enough about that yeah. DA to know this. I feel like that DA has had some issues, though. She has, yes. There, there's definitely some conflict between her and some some judges. Okay, uh, that's been well documented. I, I'm with you. I haven't. I've read through some of the stuff, but I'm not fully abreast of, of the entire situation. It's uh, also I know that one thing that that Terrence's legal team has has put out there is that in Douglas County they did wrongfully convict a. African American Kansas student, uh, and, and that they, they kind of thought maybe you know it, it, to say it flat out, like it, it's not an area where it's it's very diverse. And there was, okay. uh, I think they were arguing that that maybe played into an all white jury ruling against an African American. And again, like we don't, I, I don't know the the full circumstances there, but it did it did turn into a situation where the student was convicted and jailed and then it came out a year or so later there was there was new evidence that this girl had lied to get on him that okay. it wasn't true and then he was he was released so um but again like it, it it's it's hard to to know everything in this case it doesn't mean that in, in one case something happened so that means that it that this is what applies in this one. I know a lot of people want to believe Terrence, and I don't blame right. them for that. Like Terrence seems like, in my interactions with him, like a great guy, like a, a high character guy, uh, a very kind hearted, just good dude. But then mm-hmm. again, like that doesn't mean that he didn't, you know, that he's above making a mistake. So it, it's, there's two sides of it uh, as far as that goes. Um, on the note of the text, like, Thinking about it with with boys, yeah. Uh, and again, like I said, it doesn't matter uh, what sex you are. But I also have a, a daughter on the way, and I, I've thought about it that way too. I'm what sure. if uh, my daughter said that this happened, and naturally everybody else said, "I don't believe you." Mm-hmm. So there, mm-hmm. there's that side of it too. Like how how would you you feel in that instance as well? So it, it's hard to it's hard to be too far leaning one way or another without more details. And again, I, I'll say it again. I'll, I keep rehashing. I want to know what Terrence Shannon's side of the story is. What yes. was there? Is he going to say, I don't know this girl. Nothing happened between us. Yep. Is he going to say it was consensual and she's saying it's not like, I think that's very important in terms of the way I think about this. Not to mm-hmm. say that if he says it, if, if he did what is alleged, 
there is can there be a situ- situation where this was a a consensual thing and then it was said not to be yes but i think that those details matter because i think a lot of people out there who want to side with terrence are saying you know he's this is all bs and, and none, none of this even happened well we don't know that we don't know what terrence is officially going to say on the record right sworn in that you know he has to tell the truth and we don't know terrence's truth at this point yeah, that's a good point I did do a quick Google search on Suzanne Valdez, who is the district attorney in Douglas County, Kansas. And it the title says, Prosecutor asked panel to suspend Douglas County DA's law license after day three of disciplinary hearing. This was December 20 of 2023. So this was not that long ago. So they she was under scrutiny, I believe, for that. And it says, Attorneys hearing a disciplinary case against... Suzanne Valdez must decide whether to recommend the Kansas Supreme Court censor her, suspend her law license, or impose any other consequences. There, was, there is no firm timeline for the panel to come to a decision in this case. So, hell, she may have a case hanging over her head. Yep. At the I mean, same there's, time. That- <laughs> there's the possibility of her not making it through this case. Right. Wow. And um, I, I know that, and again, this is assumptions and speculation, but if you're out there and you're seeing somebody that is is fighting to even keep their job, you might wonder if, and this is probably unfair, but I'm just going to say it because people have mentioned it to me and people are probably thinking it, is, is she maybe more erring on the aggressive side with Correct. this case to change attention, to put yeah. the spotlight on somebody else, to understand that maybe she doesn't feel like she has a lot to lose. It, it also seems, and people have brought up her record in trying to prosecute rape cases um that she hasn't successfully done that mm-hmm. and that she's 0 and 7 in those not to say i don't know what the the plea deal rate is in those or, or whatnot but it right. seems like someone that is not afraid to prosecute and take this to trial even if she might lose so like obviously terrence is one that if it's a, a case where she's unlikely to prove that he did it and that he's not guilty it's going to be unfortunate in his, in his case that you have to go through the legal process and what will be sacrificed in the meantime. That's exactly, I mean, that's well said. I, I don't know, we're just so, but the, the moral of this 37 minutes later is that there has not been a ruling. It pushes on. It, it pushes on. And I don't know if that means through the weekend and through the Martin Luther King Day on Monday. I don't know. Could be Tuesday. When we hear this. So. And again, we'll we'll get Joey Wagner on the Tapman's Towing phone line at some point to fill us in on what he knows. I'm not expecting him to have all the answers, but he was in the courtroom, can paint a better picture than uh, as far as us trying to speculate what exactly went down in there. We do have a, a good grasp on the, the situation itself in terms of what's at stake and, and what both sides are arguing for. But I, I'll be curious to what Joey Wagner from IlliniInquire.com will have to say about this today in Springfield. I, I do want to say a lot about Illinois' win last night in Champaign against Michigan State, a hard-fought battle that goes down to the wire, a three-point win for the Illini in which they had great scoring balance, five guys in double figures. Michigan State was in a desperate desperation spot, saying it was a must-win, not wanting to drop to one and four in the league, but yet they do. We'll talk more about that on the other side of this break. 217-359-2255 is the number for the U of I Atlanta League text line. Hit us up for thoughts on Shannon, for thoughts on Illinois' victory last night. 
also excited to play some Jordan Walker, yeah. a one-on-one interview with the up-and-coming star for nice the St. Guy. Louis Cardinals. Super nice guy. He's funny, too. He is 21 good years dude. old That's or crazy. whatever. I, My Steve, wife asked me that. She's like, how old is he? I was like, 21. And she was like, no way. <laughs> Stevie thought he was – said he told him he was 22, but I asked Jordan. I'm like, are you 20? And he goes, no, I'm 21. I was like, unbelievable. He was 20 when he debuted. Victor Scott, 22 years old. Crazy. He's a, he's a really impressive young guy. 92 stolen bases, mm-hmm. is that right? 90 plus, I know that for sure. When I interviewed him, I said, uh, do you know who Vince Coleman is? And he's like, yeah, I do know Vince <laughs> Coleman. I just started laughing. I'm like, all right, well, he's like my age. Well, it's funny with uh, – and this is a player that's not nearly as far back, not to make you feel old or anything, Ooh, but uh, when I was talking with Jordan Walker, who's from just outside of Atlanta, assumed he was a Braves fan, I wanted to ask him, like, who is your – favorite player growing up I, and I thought in my mind I was like is he even too young for like Chipper Jones <laughs> and then he said that and he said tonight uh, today on the mic when he got asked favorite player he said Chipper Jones so I was like oh, all right thank you at least I was having a hard time as it was like he's 12 yeah. years younger oh, than me my goodness he doesn't know who Andrew Jones is but he knows who t- Chipper yeah, no Chip- I'm kidding that's crazy isn't it to think I mean wow Wow. It was kind of cool they all went through and said who their favorite player was growing up. I think two of them said Roberto Clemente, right? Well, there were no. two that said the Pirates were their favorite team. Yeah, Benji was, said Roberto Clemente. Yes. Xavier Scott said Andrew McCutcheon. Victor Scott, yeah. Or, I'm sorry. Yeah, said Victor Andrew Scott. McCutcheon, who is the new – who was the dude that played for every team in the East – or in the, uh, in the Cardinals? Aramis Ramirez. Aramis Ramirez. Andrew McCutcheon is the new Aramis Ramirez. <laughs> Because I think he's back with Pittsburgh now. I don't know why the the Cardinals didn't take a flyer on him at some point, especially with the outfield needs. Oh, he could have. He's been, always a good defender. He too. could have been a five year starter for the Cardinals at one of those spots. I don't know. Tyler. Maybe him instead of Dexter Fowler. Oh, jeez, that would have been all right. <laughs> uh, yeah. All right, we're due for a break. We'll talk Illinois, Michigan State when we return. Stay tuned for that. This is the drive. I'm Justin Ike, co-owner of Fred's Plumbing, Heating, Air Conditioning, Electric, and Underground. So, Justin, tell me what you see as typical when it comes to sewer repair. Give me a scenario. Your sewer's backed up and somebody comes along and says, you need this repair for X amount of dollars. Here's my price. And you don't think to go looking for another company or a second opinion because you don't feel like you have time. So is it possible that you might get charged a little more because it's kind of a desperate moment? Do some companies do that? Oh, absolutely they will. They know you're in a pen. Typically, if you call us, me or Will can be out there within an hour to look at that problem for you. Whether you call me first or you call me second, make sure you give me a call. Anything else, Justin? You can always trust Fred's. Great to know. Thank you. That's Justin Ike, the co-owner of Fred's Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning, Electric, and Underground. If you want more information about this great 45-year family-owned company, just go to fredscu.com. That's fredscu.com. So when was the last time you saw a best deal guarantee? You mean a promise that actually held up? Right. That some unknown online entity didn't want you to log in and download a code and then re-verify as you join some club? Drives you nuts, I know. And then once you purchase that set of steak knives? Well, Dick Van Dyke Appliance World is a lot simpler. You find a verified great deal and they beat it. 
Just show them the deal you saw. A newspaper clipping or the online cart price will do, and then you're good. At Dick Van Dyke Appliance World, it's one of those instances where you see a best deal guarantee and... You get the best deal. This is Dennis Rekin, chairman of Dick Van Dyke Appliance World. Our exclusive 10-year protection plan comes free with most appliance purchases. Whether it's a GE, Whirlpool, Frigidaire, Bosch, or any of our 30 brands, I guarantee we will beat any competitor's deal. Wow! You have money laying all around your house. You just don't know it. And no, I don't mean selling your great-grandma's good china. I mean all the old metal items you don't want to use or get rid of. Don't pay someone to haul it away. Bring it into Max Twin City Recycling and get paid to have it taken off your hands. They love new customers and are more than willing to walk you through their process step-by-step. Come check them out at 2808 North Lincoln Avenue in Urbana. By now, you've all heard the expression, when you turn the key and the car won't run, call 367-9481 for PDR Automotive. They are what's best for your truck or car. They are PDR. But who are they? They, the PDR staff, understand that a name is only as good as the people that represent it. The PDR staff has more than 335 years of combined automotive experience, several employees now on staff for more than 25 years. PDR, more than just a name. Family owned and operated, now celebrating over 50 years in business. A tradition of excellence over 150 years in the making. At Busey Bank, we're committed to building relationships that span generations. Wherever your journey in life leads you, we are with you along the way, creating a legacy for you and your family. Busey Bank, building business, growing wealth since 1868, proud to be the official bank of the Fighting Illini, member FDIC. BMW, Buick, GMC, Honda, and Subaru. Welcome to Sarah Champagne. We can handle all your car repairs on site, including paintless dent repair, bumpers, windshields, everything in between. We have an amazing selection of new or pre-owned vehicles to choose from. Shop from home and buy online or reserve your vehicle before it hits our website or dealership. Sarah Champagne is home of the Sarah One Price Promise, delivering an honest and transparent buying experience. Hurry in or shop online at sarahchampagne.com. Since Busey Bank first opened our doors in 1868, we have built upon a tradition of close relationships and broad financial capabilities. Our experienced team provides the highest level of personalized service to ensure we accomplish your goals, simplifying your wealth management and business lending needs, and ensuring a legacy for generations. Building business, growing wealth since 1868. Proud to be the official bank of the Fighting Illini. Member FDIC. Back in the drive, it's Sam Piper, ESPN Radio 93.5. The Atlanta get it done last night, 71-68 to to nice. improve to 3-1 and in the Big Ten. They're tied for second place in the league, chasing Wisconsin. 4-0, those pesky Badgers. But it was a big win for the Illini. Maryland coming up on Sunday, then at Michigan, Rutgers at home. Favorable stretch to follow, so that was obviously a big win to get that one. Tougher, should have been. 
the toughest of the the next yeah. couple in, in the bunch, and Michigan also State played well. Yeah, and as of right now, a quad one win for Illinois, adding to that one they have against FAU. We'll talk more about that as we go along, but we did get the opportunity to be joined by Joey Wagner, our guy, Atlanta Inquirer, who was in the courtroom over there in Springfield. Joey, how we doing? Thanks for taking the time. I'm good, man. On the way home, this uh, 72 drive I got so used to when I was working in Decatur. It's uh, a little bit of a, a long road, but there's no snow, man, so we're all good. Did you get Hooters? No, I got Obed and Isaac's lawn. I should have texted you a picture. That's on me. I'm telling you what. I, I could have had you bring me Hooters. Okay, do you mind just regurgitating <laughs> all hour, all 80 minutes of the court proceeding today? Go. Well, the, I mean, the big news is there, there was no ruling. Uh, she said she'll do that in an expedient manner. I don't know what. That's not smart enough to know what an expedient manner looks like. We didn't talk with any attorneys. No, ter- no attorneys had comment after. Uh, so, really, I mean, they, they laid out their cases, their previous court uh, filings that they had, and, and she said she wants the judge calling lawless, that she wants more time to look at those and to go through that. Uh, so still kind of in a holding pattern, really, that I would assume. And I'm pretty comfortable in assuming that I, I don't expect Karen Shannon to play on Sunday unless over the course of the next 90 minutes she sends something in terms of a written response. So it's still kind of a holding pattern. Karen's attorneys laid out that they, they thought there was a Title IX component to this because of a graduate manager uh following them or going with them, accompanying them, however you want to say, to Kansas. Um, and obviously UI went back with that and said he wasn't, you know, there's, there's all sorts of back and forth. I don't know how far deep in the legal um, discussion to go on this, but they, they both laid out their cases and it comes to due process and all of those things. So we'll see, right? We'll see. Is that going to be on Tuesday? I know Monday's a holiday. Um, I, I don't know what the timeline looks like here, guys. Joey, in terms of the structure of this, I think you spoke to that a little bit there in that was it one side says this is how this is our argument and the other side can respond? Or is it being questioned by the, right. the judge? So, how does that go? So Terrence's legal counsel um, approached, you know, they spoke. They, they spoke first. They spoke to the judge. They laid out their arguments to the judge. If the judge had questions and what she did, a few times she had, she responded with questions. So there was a bit of back and forth between the judge and Terrence's legal counsel. After they had wrapped up their they had a PowerPoint. They called a presentation. After they wrapped up their portion, the university's legal counsel came up. They were able to to make comments on what they had heard and then present their case. And then it wrapped up. And obviously, in that instance, the judge, if she had questions asked the university's legal counsel the questions that she had. And when that wrapped up, Terrence's legal counsel had one more time to go up there and respond to what they heard. And then after that, that's when she ruled that she she does not have a, a ruling for for right now, and she'll get one in expedited process. Joey Wagner, Alana Inquirer, joining us now on the Tapman's Towing phone line. We've seen what... Terrence's side has been arguing for those documents have been shared and and a lot of them have publicized uh, in terms of the media outlets and whatnot what did you hear in terms of the basis of what the university was saying today yeah the the university argued there's not a title nine component to this uh they argued that 
uh, the graduate manager who went with Terrence Shannon to Lawrence, is also his roommate, is worked to understand it. Uh, that was not part of the university. There was a university event that was the bar that they attended was not a, a university bar. There was a, a disconnect between the happenings of that trip and the University of Illinois and its basketball program, and that seemed to be a, a pretty prominent argument. They, they argued that their policies, I mean, obviously, right, they argued that their policies are sound, that it went through the safeguards, that it provided safeguards for athletes and student-athletes in this in circumstances like this. Uh, it's, I'm on the road right now. I've got some notes that I don't even know if I can still read. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's basically the title nine was a big one for them to, to say that, hey, this that's a different animal that, that doesn't, this doesn't apply in that case. You had to do the old Lauren Tate today hey, look, before I, I the recorder. Look, you had to take all know, the, the I, quotes. I should have called, called Lauren. I, I, look, I did think there was, you know, the, the Terrence's legal counsel had argued that there, there's a, a harm to him not playing basketball, right, as it pertains sure. to his basketball future. And the university said, quote, the criminal charges in Kansas are actually the source of a lot of the risk, meaning the suspension is not the source here. And the judge pushed back and asked on that and, and obviously anticipated Terrence's counsel's argument back that, well, if he's acquitted of these charges and he was suspended, obviously that, that was a source of risk. So mm-hmm. there's a lot to, to dissect in that, but that, that was also part of the UI's legal um, counsel, their argument. A lot of support from players there today, right? Yeah, Quincy Garrier was there, Luke Goody, Coleman Hawkins, Justin Harmon, and Marcus Domasco were all in attendance. That's great. Okay. I don't know what else to ask you, Joey. I mean, I, I guess we could continue. That's, that's good, because I don't know what else to tell you. <laughs> I, I, I wish, here's the thing, I wish I was smarter about this. And well, Eric, Juan, you guys know this. When, when you, you don't want to speak on something you don't know, and correct. I'm not smart enough to say, oh, well, they said this, and, and what's it mean? I don't want to paint the wrong picture. And I, I yep. know our words and our interpretations of things have value and they have meaning, and you don't want to paint the wrong picture because you're simply ignorant to the – not ignorant in its totality, but, but you know, I've not done, I've not covered this before. I've not sat in a federal courthouse before and listened to these things. Um, so I don't know, and, and it's, it's different. I, I've not done it. I know Derek has some limited experience doing it. It's, it's hard because you, you just really don't want to speculate. You want to make sure you're providing trustworthy and reliable information. Yeah, well said. Joey, was any other general public allowed in there, and if so, what did that look like? Uh, yeah, there's. I mean, there were not a lot of open seats. Um, now, I, I don't know who is. I know there's obviously a lot of media there from various news outlets. Um, so some I didn't recognize just probably by the fact that they work in Springfield and I work in Champaign. And typically our, our paths and our lines of work don't cross particularly often. So I, I don't know how many were media that I simply didn't recognize. But I know there were some, I guess, fans in there. Everyone is quiet. I mean, it wasn't any sort of to do in there, I guess, would be the best way to put it. I know mm-hmm. um, we're scrolling through our message board. We have some people who are in attendance there. But, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of people. It's just, for me, it's hard to gauge, okay, who who are some of you? Are you fans? Are you media that, that basically cover news in Champaign? Or in Springfield, rather. Now, last one for me. Terrence was there. I mean, how, how does does yep. he does he have anything? Does he Is he able to talk in this, or is this all attorneys? Well, I don't know if he's able to or if he elected not to, but he did not. Okay. Uh, I, I don't know what 
I'm not smart enough to know which, you know, if it was something he couldn't do or they advised him not to do. But, no, he, he did not speak. He was present there. I saw his mother was present, as you would expect. Uh, but he did not he did not speak during the – really, this whole thing, the back and forth, was probably a little bit more than an hour, and he didn't speak during that process. Okay. No. Perfect. Joey, before we let you go, uh, any thoughts that linger as far as last night, the win, mm-hmm. 71-68 for the Illini, a big one over Michigan State? Yeah, and I'm glad you asked that because I know you're writing about him. Um, Coleman Hawkins has been really good. Yes. I mean, he's been really, really good. And I know over the course of those three years prior to this, he's been at Illinois. You said that it would always be, a lot of times, would be met with, yeah, but, yeah, but. And, and certainly you can pick some of the shots that he takes and think, oh, gosh, what are you doing there? Or some of some of his interactions um, with, with officials. He's obviously a very passionate player on the basketball floor. But, man, he is getting his flowers now for the way that he's playing, and it's well-deserved. He is. He's really stepped up his game in so many ways. Like, that was a huge takeaway for me, Derek. I know I wrote about Ty Rogers and his ability to kind of get the better of that five-man-on-him matchup. But Coleman Hawkins, what he's doing defensively, the, the way his hands are just so – it's like he slaps it as a basketball, just disrupts things in ways that don't show up in the box for – you can switch on everybody. And then the way he's shooting the ball – He's playing at a really, really high level, and as Illinois is trying to to reimagine itself, whether it's long term, whether it's short term, whatever it is, without Aaron Shannon, there, them being three and one in those games without him, Coleman Hawkins has got his fingerprints all over that. Has been just the, the level he's playing at right now is really high. I think you're seeing early on that that knee was a problem in the early parts of the season, where he struggled. I mean, there's no really other way to put it. He struggled early on. He missed some time, and he came back, and he's just playing good basketball. And you're seeing why, you know, the NBA has continued to say, yeah, yeah, we like him. We like what he does this or that or whatever beyond just being 6'10 and with the ability to shoot. He's starting to put everything together, and you're seeing a really complete basketball player. Joey, any nerves for – I shouldn't say any nerves. How many? How much nerves for Sunday, not the Illinois-Maryland game, the uh, Packers-Cowboys oh, game? Oh, whoa. Um, yes and no. Like, yeah, like, they're there, and I'm kind of fighting that whole thing. Like, well, I'm happy they're there because I didn't expect it. I, I know right. I told you, and then Werner, Piper in November. Like, I don't know what to do when my team stinks in November. This is this is new to me. You really felt bad for you. November. <laughs> I know. I, I could feel it. I, I could tell that you were you were really feeling for, for what I was going through in November. And, and they were bad. Like, I don't take back that. They were bad. They were not a good football team. They, Jordan Love really started to play better. So, on the one hand, I'm like, feels a little ahead of schedule. And on the other hand, it's like, all right, we'll still win. Like, they're playing at a good level right now. So, it's mixed nerves. Like, I don't expect them to win. Dallas is a good team. And if they do, it's kind of like a house money thing. Yeah, like, to me, yeah, I agree. this feels like what I would guess Illinois fans felt like last Friday at Purdue. Like, that's kind of right. what I feel right now. Uh, conf- well put. Sources now confirmed that you were outside the courthouse today eating a Milky Way. <laughs> what? I've got so- I got sources in Springfield. <laughs> I got a I got a buffalo chicken horseshoe. I wouldn't go near a Milky Way. <laughs> <laughs> but not from Hooters. Really disappointing. No. I didn't even know that was still open. I yes. Need- we sh- Look, I need you to make. I know you do some, some traveling here. I need you to make a central, East Central Illinois menu. Uh, yes, it's a good for call. people on where to go in certain towns. <laughs> I don't know if you can profit off it. That's not my problem. But I think a lot of people could really benefit 
from Lante telling them where to stop in these various towns. I think that's a great idea. Like, which town and which pub, you know, like what night to go to each town and say, all right, I'm, I'm hungry for wings, and I heard Ogden has great wings on Wednesday or something. I think that's a great you know, idea, Joey. If you, if you push this out on, on the Stevie J website, you tell Stevie that 50% is fine to go to me of whatever earnings come from this. That's perfect. But I, I think you might. I, look, I thought about doing it. Honestly, you know, we, we know beat writers from all over the Big Ten, obviously, 24-7 to Bass Network. I thought it'd be cool to do something like that. Hey, if you're going to Iowa, this is where the Iowa reporters say you should it's go. Great like, idea. Stuff like that so people know where to stop. And it's always the thing, right? I'm coming in town. Where do I go? What do I do? Exactly. Uh, Piper and I put it out there. We're going here. We don't know where to eat. We always get good recommendations. So I think... That'd be a cool project. It's a great idea, and you guys always seem to find your way to a we find our local way. hole. I'm sad we're not finding our way to Bloomington this year. <laughs> I got to do uh, I do Ann Arbor without Derek Piper. I don't know what to do. I, it's a big loss. Well, Piper met Jordan Walker, and you didn't. But be hey, easier to wake a, up in the morning. Though. Still a big day for you, Joey. I was jealous to not be able to get there. I don't know how long you guys stayed, but I hope it was a good turnout. It was I, awesome. Look, I, to be honest, uh, not just because I'm on these airwaves, you look around at kind of who was at various stops. I thought Champagne was a resounding winner in, in terms of who uh, the Cardinals sent to Champagne. That was Without a loaded it. group. I, I could argue Jordan Walker and Lon, maybe, or Derek, maybe you guys know the, the recent history in Champagne better than I do, but. It, I'd be hard-pressed to find a bigger name to have come through there than him and what we think he's going to be for St. Louis. Totally agree, 100%. Ben Boyd, who works with KMOX and the Cardinals, he said today, he said, you guys got the best caravan. I mean, with Chip Carey, Brad would, Thompson. Look, I'm not going to say yeah. which one. I'm not going to say which ones I looked at and thought, ooh, I wouldn't go there. <laughs> well, you're, uh, about ready, do that. You're, you're about ready to go through that town. <laughs> but, <laughs> as a matter of fact, but I did see Champagne and think, wow, this is – it was stacked, man. It, it was truly stacked. I hope there was a good turnout. I hope people had fun. It sounds like Jordan Walker, just a, a wonderful, wonderful oh. young man, and, and it was really a joy to talk to. So well, I'm glad that glad the Champagne got that. Good stuff. Appreciate you, Joey. Drive safe coming home, and uh, see you this weekend. All right, boys. Take care. Thanks, buddy. You as well, man. Joey Wagner does great work for the IlliniInquirer.com. We appreciate the updates that he could provide as far as the proceedings there in the courtroom in Springfield this afternoon. We're due for a break. We are big time, sorry. We got to talk some Illinois-Michigan State, going to play some Brad Underwood. And before we get out of here, my one-on-one with Jordan yes. Walker from Cardinals Caravan. A lot to do. This is The Drive. Get ready to hit the road with confidence wherever your journey takes you. Clay Dooley Tire and Auto is here for all of your tire needs. Whether you're navigating the city streets or setting off on your next road trip, Clay Dooley has the perfect tires to keep your vehicle rolling smoothly. Find a great set of tires that fits your budget, plus take advantage of flexible financing options. Get the tires you need now and pay over time. Visit the Champaign location or call 352-4286 to talk to a tire expert today.